You are listening to the Aligned and Alive podcast with Chrissy May, where we discuss the various aspects of spirituality and wellness. A place where you can find guidance and a space to explore your life's meaning and purpose, allowing you to become connected, aligned, and feeling fully alive. Hi, everyone. Just a quick heads up. We experienced several hurdles while filming and recording this episode, so the audio is not super dialed in like it usually is. My sincere apologies. As you know, I invest a lot of energy in trying to deliver the best quality. Sometimes things are out of your hands and you have to improvise. So that's exactly what we have done. I appreciate you all and hope you enjoy this very raw and real conversation I had with my girlfriend, Carrie. There are some great takeaways, so make sure to listen to the end. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, all you beautiful souls, to another episode of Aligned and Alive. I'm your host, Chrissy May, and today we are in studio with a very special guest who happens to be one of my close friends. Hmm. You may have noticed her in my Instagram stories or over the past two months on our Soul Sister Sundays. And if you have no idea who this special someone is, you will today as we get up close and personal on the power of friendship and navigating the landscape of relationships. In this episode, we are breaking down the importance of connection, noticing patterns in relationships, finding the strength to break toxic cycles and shift to a healthy place so you can manifest the love and relationship you have always wanted. My sexy soul sister was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. For more than 20 years, she has been in sales and sales training. From the beauty industry to car audio and cell phones, to serving as the sales director for a textile hospitality company for the past decade. She has traveled over 30 countries, experienced two failed marriages, countless moves across country, yet through it all, the gift of amazing friendships and encounters, including heartbreak, have molded her into the woman she is today. It truly is an honor to sit and share in conversation with the one and only Carrie Cussie. Oh, what an intro. Welcome, Gosh, sister. Thank you so much. Mm. Such a pleasure and honor to get to be here with you today. Yeah, and in studio this time around. For those of you who don't know, Carrie and I, this is our second time around. We tried to do this in Restoration Hardware Restaurant in Yountville, California in yeah. June, and we had everything set up. They were so accommodating, so sweet. And the Wi-Fi wasn't working. So round two, here we go. It's okay. We love having discussions. So. <laughs> it's all good. I mean, we're here right now. We're ready to dive deeper. As you know, I like to let the guests tell their story, right? I liked it to come from your mouth so we can all get to know who you are a little more. So give us a glimpse at Carrie Cussie and what was it about the sales industry that drew you in? And then how did it evolve over time? Yeah, I think that, um, I don't know, there was something in me that just always knew that I, I was born to sell something, probably because <laughs> that is I true. was born to talk. <laughs> and uh, and I think that I have a passion when I, when I truly uh, enjoy something or like something. Um, it comes across in my excitement, I think, for it. And so just at a very young age, I 
just knew that that was kind of the career path for me and that that was where I wanted to invest my time. And so along the way, I've, you know, I've sort of sold anything and everything that you can think of. I mean, sometimes I think back and I go, wow, that's right. I did. I did sell that. Or, oh, yeah, I did, <laughs> I did do that. But I think for the most part of my career, it's been in sales and sales training and and um, in leading groups. And that's another thing that I always just kind of gravitated to. I think I've sort of uh, always been sort of the den mom of whatever, you know, group or company that I was in where I sort of took control and, um, and organized and kind of put everybody together and made sure things were on track. So I think it just was a, a very synergistic, um, just career path for me. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt that, you know, if you can sell something, you will always survive. So true. I just, I don't know. I truly believe that. I think that when you have the ability and the, and I think it's a gift. I know that not everyone, you know, has the ability to be able to speak, articulate themselves or be passionate even and let that transfer into something. Mm -hmm. And I just knew that that was, you know, what was for me um, because I just, when I really love and care about something or I I'm into something, I'm very passionate about it. Sometimes it's a product, sometimes it's people Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, or places or food or whatever it is. And so I, I love that. Um, I love that people have drawn from things that I've done and experiences and places I've worked or whatever it is that has just brought, um, you know, I guess, I don't know, just brought me to the next level every time when I've been on my career journey. I love it. I love watching it. What I got from there is that you just followed your intuition. You followed your gut and who you were authentically because it's interesting because your dad is a school teacher. So it's not like you had that in your family initially. Yeah, no, nobody actually in my family, now yeah. that I think about it, was really ever in sales. Um, but I think you're right. When I when you say the word intuition now and following that, it's interesting because I've done a lot of reflecting over the last few years as to following my intuition and the times that I haven't followed it. Mm-hmm. And I will say, you are right. I have always followed my gut and my intuition when it came to what I knew I would be good at and what I would excel at. Um, and I think, interestingly enough, and I'm having this realization as we're talking um, that some of the reasons I was successful in even moving from maybe one company or career into the next evolution was my authenticity with the people that I was working with, mm-hmm. mainly customers. I mean, there were many times where I was working for a company and one of my customers would want to steal me away mm. to come and work for them uh, because I think I was very authentic and real with them, and I didn't just say what they wanted to hear. And I think that that is very true in my friendships as well. So it's interesting that you say um, the word following the intuition and authenticity, because I think that's really served me well in my career Mm -hmm. and in my friendships. And now I'm learning how to have that serve me well in my love relationships. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I've seen the evolution. I've seen the journey just from the few years that you and I have been able to deepen our friendship and our connection. It's been so fun to watch. I mean, Carrie's been through a heck of a lot. And I feel like when I was reading that intro about you, when I mentioned the two failed marriages, I hate to even use the word fail because to me it's a matter of it's like it's part of your life and it's you you know what I admire about people who choose to make the decision to go all in and get married whether it's marriage or whatever you're choosing to go all in and you're saying guess what I'm going with what I feel right now and I believe this to be true and I'm doing it that says a lot about who you are that you're willing to take that leap and go all in And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's out of your control. I mean, you can only do so much, right? Rather than the person who 
is indecisive, yeah. who can't make a decision, who delays and delays and makes excuses. That's your character and who you are. And it, it parlays into every part of your life. You are such a great friend. Like, and I'm not just saying that because she's on here and I got to make her look good. <laughs> and I'm picky nowadays with my friendships. I know like that you are. Really so I'm picky. You so thank you. You are such a class act. You are of integrity. And so when I say two failed marriages, no, they were two strong attempts at creating life with someone else that just didn't work out. I do want to dive deeper because it's quite the story. And I think what a lot of men and women are going through, it's not just women. There's a lot of talk these days on narcissism. And I think it gets thrown out very just loosely. Casually, it yeah. does. It but does. but when it's real, it's real. It's very real. Yeah. And it can really tear you apart inside it out and that rebuilding process because i've been in one myself yeah. takes a long time it does so we'll dive deeper into that stay tuned that's going to come later in the show for those of you that can relate that maybe you are going through a really challenging time in your relationship carrie has some really good methods and what has worked for her to navigate through that into what she currently is in which is a beautiful healthy relationship with an amazing man. First and foremost, I wanted to start with friendship talking points because we are in that subject. And I know for many of you who follow me on Instagram, you're seeing more of me posting with friends lately. And it, well, her too. <laughs> now we have these Soul Sister Sundays. They're so amazing. I can't stop them. We are planning one in Flagstaff next month. So hopefully you'll be available for that. It is. Okay. You know, I was, I was going somewhere with yeah. it. There's been a period of my life where I have distanced myself from strong, amazing women and women in general. And it's not to do the fact that I didn't want to show up and have these these deep connections. It was just my own personal life that I was working through that I felt I don't want to either be one, a burden to people. Mm -hmm. We tend to think that, right? Yeah. That we're going to be a burden to someone. Sure. I don't want to throw up my uneasiness or struggles that I'm currently experiencing on someone else when they're happy and go lucky and doing really great. Like I don't want to be that person. I would rather just try to figure it out on my own rather than drag someone into my circumstance. And so that really pushed me into an isolation that is so unhealthy. And through a lot of reflection and, and deep work, I've realized that friendships are the pinnacle to life. It's that groundingness that a true friend brings to you um, yes. and, and the outside perspective and someone that's willing to to be candid and to be authentic and honest and, you know, hopefully kind. Um, it's funny. I'll, I'll comment on the word kind. So, uh, so Chrissy, little backstory. So Chrissy and I have known each other for probably at least like 15, 16 right. years. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say the last five years, our friendship has really developed since I came back to Arizona after failure number two. <laughs> <laughs> attempt, I, attempt attempt number two. two. I like attempt number two. Let's attempt try attempt number, number two. two. Yeah, it's a, it's a more positive way of saying it. So after attempt number two, when I relocated <laughs> back to Arizona, uh, we just started to really spend more and more time together. And it's interesting, and I'm going back to the word kind versus nice, and I'm going to explain this. A girlfriend of mine who I've been friends with for 23 years now, my very best friend in Michigan, Amy, she said one day, um, Carrie's not nice. And I was like, what do you mean I'm not nice? She goes, you are not nice. I was like, I was offended. She goes, you're kind, and there's a difference. And mm -hmm. I paused and I thought, she's right. Kindness is saying something in a way that still that doesn't degrade another person. Mm -hmm. um, being nice is just saying something that people want to hear. 
<laughs> so good. And I think kindness is truth, mm-hmm. but it's truth in in a way that's delivered that can be hopefully just done kindly, you know, with with a, without a lot of other explanation, just truth that's served delicately and with thought about mm. how the other person is going to have to interpret that versus just saying something to say something. Cause I think that's what niceness is. It's like, Oh, I'm mm. just going to be nice about this situation. And, and I think I, I probably wasn't, you know, I was kind to you. We had my birthday uh, lunch recently <laughs> and uh, I think we got into a discussion and I said, when was the last time you took a girl's trip? Oof. And she was like crickets crickets and i go is it been that long that like it's taken you a while to think about it and you said i think it's been like 10 or 11 years and i just said i gasped and i said chrissy no right now we are planning something pick a place i don't care where i don't it's got to be in the next 60 days like i'm not letting you drag she was And, um, and I'm really proud of you because you, you held to the challenge or the commitment, (laughs) I want to say of saying that we were going to go do that. And we did. And, and I think that's part of what brought us to here today, which Mm -hmm. is really trying to, again, for you looking at the ways that maybe you isolated certain parts while you were so focused on parts of your other life that you Mm -hmm. were, you know, navigating, building, however you want to say that. Um, versus where I've typically usually done the opposite, where I, I've always leaned in on the friends and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of pulled everybody in. And it's interesting now I'm kind of, I don't want to say pulling back, but I'm I'm minimizing certain things and I'm recognizing the friendships that truly have the depth and the 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 tone to which I want to live my life by now. And uh, it's not that I don't love everyone for all the different reasons that that they have brought to my life and the different characters and things that, you know, all of my friend group. And I'm very blessed. I will say that. I think that, you know, if I were to die tomorrow and they gave me a headstone, which I don't need one, by the way. You guys can can cremate me and use me as like a timer for like a game or something, you know, one of those sand things. You want to be cremated? Yeah. Oh, God. It makes me queasy thinking about it. Really? More queasy than the thought of worms crawling in a casket in the ground? I don't know. I know. (laughs) I I have to figure it out. I know, because that's probably going to be the way to go. I know. It's another. And how how we feel about ourselves (laughs) after death. So I don't know. I know. I'm not going to be here, so I don't really care, I guess, at the end of the day. Right. But no, I think that if, if. I hope and I I feel as though I've been a really good friend. I've been a kind friend. Mm. I definitely know I'm not a nice friend. Uh, I love that. I'm not the one you call if you want to hear, oh, yeah, you're doing great, sweetie. Keep it up. (laughs) I'm the one you call when you want the truth. And the truth is it's probably not going to be what you want to hear, but I'm going to say it anyway. And I did learn that, again, from my very best friend, Amy, who told me before my first uh, mistake. (laughs) That I was Attempt. making a mistake. Attempt. Att- no, I love that insight. So good when you say that because I was the nice girl for so long. Mm-hmm. I I really wanted to help people, yeah. but I was always the nice girl. Kind as well. Being nice is another form of people pleasing yep. because, oh, you know, here we are wanting to be likable by everybody. We can't stand that someone not liking us. And that was a, a struggle I had for many years doing some serious work. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm not even living for myself no self-worth when you're in that position and not really standing in my power because of 
worry of hurting someone else. Almost like you're in shackles, like you're in jail. And so I love that when you say kindness, I think that's, it's so much more thoughtful when you're kind. It takes more depth than being insightful when you're kind as opposed to being nice because anybody can fake being nice. And and I want to talk more about that. How to align yourself with deep friendships because that is the name of the game. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. People grow at different moments in life situations take place right so there's no judgment it's just during my growth spurt it was so uncomfortable that I had to allow the old me and the old ways die to be reborn again and it had to start from scratch and it was really hard time to do it on your own like that and I think what's interesting about that is um the fact that sometimes you know we think that we have to hold on to relationships. And I mean that in a very broad sense, like, you know, that we have to hold on to this partner or person that we've invested in or this friendship that we've invested in. And the truth is, is that sometimes people are really just here for a season or for a reason, you know, and that we have to be able to recognize what is really good for us and what is nurturing us and what is helping us become a better person and a better version of ourselves. And it's fine to have situations and I think even some friendships that are just for fun and don't necessarily add I don't want to say value because that's maybe not the right word but I know you that, mean. but mm-hmm. there's different levels of, of I think some friendships and what is really truly worth our time and worth our energy and where we want to invest mm-hmm. no that's so well said Dr. John Delany is a mental health expert and was having a conversation with Jordan Peterson a while back when talking about this subject. And what I loved was the way he described moments of them, like moments of having friendships, kind of like what I mentioned too about isolation. And he said, evenly distributed, we carry each other's burdens in different seasons. There are just simply moments when someone gets sick or a parent passes away. We need each other to navigate these moments. And so that's really the mark also of having these friendships because they help you get through life. Oh, you're about to get me emotional about (laughs) a real moment that I had that you were there for. Oh my God. I know. That was really hard. Yeah. These are the moments and what he's, I think, in reference to what you were just speaking about, it's not always, always going to be even. You know, friendships can't always meet or relationships can't always be completely even all the time sometimes somebody else has to kind of step in for you or step up for you. And what's equally as important about being the type of person that steps up, you also have to be willing to step back and let someone step in. Mm. Um, Because I think, again, when we're so used to pleasing and we're in a people-pleasing type of um, environment and we're we're brought up a certain way, we always want to step in and help, but we have a hard time accepting um, accepting the love, accepting the help, accepting the friendship when we truly need it. And so part of what I've been working on too is my vulnerability of being able to say, I need this or I need help and knowing who I want to lean on in those moments. And you were, um, again, going to try not to <laughs> <laughs> try not to lose it. Um, you were with me in a moment that was... <clears throat> one of the most heart-wrenching things I've ever had to deal with. And that's like, that's love. You know, that's, that's allowing me to let you love me in that moment. And you, 
me trusting and knowing that you were not going to let me down in that moment. Mm. And I'm referencing a passing of um, my my little fur baby who really <laughs> was like my child and my best friend and my coworker and my my little old grumpy man and my best, you know, he was everything. And and Chrissy was there um, when I let him go. And that was such a pivotal moment for me. But I think it was also just a very pivotal moment for me when I look back at our friendship and I think, who do I want to hold me in this moment? Mm, you know, yes. who do who do I want next to me in this really deep moment of pain? And who do I know is going to give the same type of like energy for Rango in that moment? And it was just, I have amazing friends. And so for all those that are listening, I know any, any one of you could have and would have been there and would have done it with just as much grace and just as much love. Um, but there was some bond that you and I really shared over the passing. You had lost um, your beloved as well uh, just a few months prior. Mm. And so it was almost a level of like a cathartic moment for you to now be able to be there for me oh, and yes. um it was really and it's a weird thing to say it that there was a little bit of magic in it and as oh. difficult as it was it was a really beautiful time and space and it was a really beautiful display of friendship so thank you for that oh my gosh it was an honor thank you because it was an honor for me to be able to hold space like that for you especially after going what I went through with Stallone and when you asked me it wasn't even a hesitation I know that pain so deeply it is so piercing it is and Carrie and I both don't have children so our fur babies are our children and I mean I hate when people compare stuff like that but I had to bring that up because it it's our everything right and we just we adore these little things so much and their Rango was so one of a kind and so (laughs) is Stallone and To be able to be in those moments, that's another thing. Like, that's the whole point of having deep, meaningful friendships yeah. that you can go through life with these moments that are, are going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, I think about that now. I think about, you know, Carrie and I are both in our mid-40s, and I think, you know. Are we, though? Well, <laughs> Mentally, I'm still that's really funny because she's always the one hashtagging her age. I'm like, leave it out. I don't want people to know my real age. Not that it matters. I could care less. But she's she's it always is like, is. this is what this looks like. This is what this looks like. I'm like, this is just what I look Let me like. Tell you what, 46 looks like. It looks like a lot of readers everywhere. Sorry, edit it out. I'm editing that out. She always has to say the number. So anyway, yeah, I don't feel like it. I feel like I'm in my 20s still. I feel amazing. Yeah. But you know, it is. It's like I think about where we're at currently. Right right now in our lives mm-hmm. and all I keep thinking about is who do I want to live out the rest of like this moment with and 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 who do I want to go 10 times with like who do I want to deepen that connection further who do I want to have more experiences with right. and really just squeeze the most out of life with this circle of people yeah. and yeah you're going that's going to evolve as you as time goes on and you introduce new people and you meet new people and other people fade away but it's like I just don't have at least I don't know if you feel this way I I feel a sense of urgency and I don't have the time to accept poor behavior accept less than accept what I have not allowed myself to accept personally over the last 20 years of my life I have dumbed down I have dimmed my 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 light for people so they could 
feel comfortable. I have made very poor decisions in past relationships, but that have served me and and taught me great lessons. So it's not a mistake, in my opinion. It's just part of my journey. So I just feel like now more than ever, who I choose to surround myself with is just like, it's everything. I don't know if you feel that way or not, but it's, and I don't know if it's, if it is an age thing, but I'm, I'm just getting more and more, very much so. I mean, I don't know if that's, I still have an open mind and I still keep that for people, the new people that want to come in and create those friendships and relationships but I just am a lot more picky and decisive yeah I think for me it's been about creating better boundaries um, that's good yeah where I tend to uh because I am blessed with so many amazing friends and I really try to nourish and nurture those friendships and some of them you know need a little water and some of them sometimes need a lot of water and so I try to gauge who needs what, but I'm also better aligned with what I need and knowing that I cannot give what I don't have. And so I've been trying to be better about my own personal boundaries when it comes to that, like what I'm, what I'm able to show up for. And I'm really good at saying no and walking, you know, leaving a situation, not in a negative way, just Mm -hmm. like I'm done. This was, I, when I know that my, my ability to be present fully has kind of dwindled to that like 90 or even 80%. I know that I'm no longer serving the people that I'm with mm-hmm. in the best way and that it's just time for me to go, whether that's leaving dinner early or just not going to every single event or every single thing uh, or just saying I need a little time alone and some space. And what's interesting, I think one of the things when I was thinking about us talking today, I was thinking about And it's interesting how you had asked about or made the comment about my intuition with um, work. I think with my intuition on certain things, I have always been really strong and and concise with. Where I failed to listen has been in my relationships with the opposite sex. And where I've failed to have kindness but defaulted to niceness (laughs) has been in those relationships. So what I've realized is, especially in the last couple of years, once I started to realize my own bullshit, my own, my own patterns, because we all have them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took real ownership of the things that I was allowing and attracting. And I recognized that I have these great, amazing friendships that don't have all these other problems in the in the way that my personal relationships Mm -hmm. were showing up and I started to realize that I wasn't showing up in those relationships in the same way that I do in my friendships in my friendships you get the intensive care bear right you get you know you get you get the the kind care bear but the "Eh, I don't know if I'm gonna call her because she's probably gonna shoot me straight on this But I don't know that I was doing that in my personal relationships. I don't know that I was being authentic enough and being honest about what was hurting me, what was bothering me, and just really being truly myself. I know that sounds kind of, I don't know how that may come across, but I just did not, when I look back and I think about my intuition, I knew each time that what was happening wasn't okay. Mm. And... Because of, I think, in some ways, this societal feeling of I need to make this work or I need to please this this person, it didn't serve me. And 
I will tell you that after finally getting out of those situations, doing the deep work, talking to a therapist, um, which I, I believe is a very positive thing. I don't think anyone should be ashamed of that. I think that um, we have a lot of things and stress on us as a society and as people. And so we need to embrace the fact that sometimes we need an outside person to help us navigate what we're doing and what we continue to keep doing time and time again in order to figure out how to stop doing that. And so after getting through a lot of that, it really took me getting to a place where I was going to approach relationships more like my friendships. And that was authentic. And that was speaking how I feel in real time and not being afraid to say my fears and the things that have happened to me so that another person can actually show up for me the way that my friends do. Everything's like hitting me hard right now in a good way because I kept hearing you with what I've always said. We, if our friends treated us the way some of these romantic partnerships have treated us, we would tell them to pound sand right. and hit the road. You know, if, if my friend ever yelled at me the way a partner has yelled at me, I would tell them we're, we're done. 100%. Like, no more are we a friendship. We never stand for it. But why, like, we, why do we do it? In why we excuse it in relationships is so mind boggling to me because yeah. it should be the opposite right. of anything whether it's myself and my own personal experiences or even just other girlfriends that recently have been going through things and i i look and i say i gotta tell you until you are truly happy with yourself and deeply in love with who you are as a person and i mean that until you can fall in love with yourself you can't expect someone else to fall in love with you right and you're not going to show up in the same way. And I, I feel like I, that is exactly where I finally got to. Like I thought last summer was like a very pivotal time for me. You know, after the passing of Rango, I really avoided being home um, because home felt the silence felt so loud. And so I just traveled and I traveled by myself, which I do very mm. regularly anyways. I mean, I've been doing that since, I mean, I went to India and trained a call center when I was like 24. So, you know, this isn't my first time, like taking time alone and going and doing things, but it really reminded me that I can do anything for myself. And once you start to recognize the love you have for yourself and inside you, you no longer attract anything less mm -hmm. than someone who also has that same kind of like self-love and understanding of themselves and knows how to show up as a, as a human, as a person. Exactly. And I, when I hear underlying things that I've seen now in, in a pattern, it has been in the past. And I think I've always like liked myself, but truly learning to love myself and remember that I hold the value. Um, we also kind of are brought up in this, this time of like, how do I want to describe it? Where, at least in a heterosexual relationship, I don't know how it is in others. I don't want to, <laughs> to turn. But, you know, as a man and a woman, it's like we're kind of taught that it's like, oh, it's like up to a guy to like pick us or a man to pick right. us. And I'm like, kind of, I said, somebody said that to me the other day. And I looked at my girlfriend. I was like, are you, are you crazy? <laughs> I was like, you have a choice. Right. Is this person good for me? Mm -hmm. It's not, am I good enough for them? Are they good enough for me too? You got to show up as, as an individual first and they have to bring something to your table mm -hmm. 
or you don't need to sit down and eat with anybody. Amen. I, I'm right there with you. Absolutely. But, but I think self-love comes down to it. And it's like when you don't truly love yourself and know and be able to have your own sense of who you are and what you want and your own sense of joy, you will continue, I think, to attract unhealthy patterns and situations. Always. And it happens every single day. And I everyone's story is different. We all come from very diverse backgrounds and experiences. And so, you know, I do think it is a little harder for someone who's had a very traumatized childhood and you know to navigate that self-love situation as opposed to someone like us who has who was raised in very good families people always think like well you make it sound so easy well it really is you just need to stick to a routine of showing up for yourself every single day and not giving away your power to please other people. And I know this firsthand because this is a life I used to live all the time. And it's interesting when you start setting those healthy boundaries, watch the relationships that were built on you not having boundaries right. crumble. Because now it's like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, I'm finally taking a stand for myself right. because I didn't for 20 years or I didn't for five years or whatever the length of time your experience was. But I think that's so important is that you have to create, you have to carve out time every single day that you get uncomfortable, do hard things and you start showing up for yourself because yeah. that's going to build and it's going to stack over time. And before you know it, you, you do take on a totally different personality and and power within that was there all along yeah. and let me tell you before it got stripped I think away it's much more attractive oh way more attractive i, I mean yes I'll comment absolutely that, you know i think i said the first night i met my boyfriend i said i am the happiest i've ever been and i think it was like our second date and he pointed that out he said i remember you said that and it was so attractive. I think that was his phrasing. I knew it was something, it was very, it was complimentative to the fact that I had said that. Right. But I meant it. Like, I didn't, like, I wasn't going out with the intention of anything other than just having a nice evening kind of thing. And I think that the fact that I'm finally in this place where my own happiness comes from within, someone else is there to enhance it and that's amazing and that's wonderful. But I think that showing up in a way that I know I do in my friendships and in treating it like a friendship versus just a relationship in the, in the traditional sense that Mm. we think of is really very different because it goes back to like what you were saying. It's like, I would never think to like yell and scream at like my partner. I would never want to belittle them or make them feel bad. And if I did accidentally, I would want to take ownership of that. And so I think that's like the different way that I've learned, you know, we all have these patterns. And like I said, I knew that I was doing a couple things, right? Like I was getting these things right in my life. I'm like, Oh, I got great friends. You know, I've always been able to manage to have like, you know, a sustainable, you know, lifestyle and, and, and become better, you know, and, and grow financially and, and explore the world and provide things for myself. But, you know, having a partner that I felt I was in alignment with was what was off. But what was off was me. Mm-hmm. Not to say that those people weren't off. They were definitely <laughs> we off, all know they but, were a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, you have to take ownership of, of your your stuff. And I mean, I, even recently I've had conversations where I've said, hey, I know this is me. Mm. I And I, I want you to know that I know it's me. Yeah. So, you know, I, I know that whatever I'm being triggered by has nothing to do. And I want you to know it has nothing to do with you. 
I know it's me. So good. Self-awareness is so important. However, I read a quote the other day and I loved it so much because it really explains it all in a nutshell. The self-awareness is key. However, if you don't do anything to interrupt the pattern and it keeps going, then there's zero growth. Right. It's just self-awareness. And so I thought about that. I'm like, aware that the engine lights on the car, if I don't take it in to get it fixed, (laughs) what good is it? And I kept thinking to myself, like, how simplistic, but so perfectly said, right? Like, yeah, we all say self-awareness and it's so true. You have to be self-aware because that's the first step. Sure. But if you do nothing with that (laughs) self-awareness... Nothing's going to change. And so I I just think it goes so much deeper. And those that aren't doing the inner work, they have themselves so gratefully fooled because they think it's the person they're with when they don't understand that it has, they'll repeat the honeymoon phase with the next person. It will happen again. And the moment that other partner triggers them with their unhealed wounds, their anger, bitterness, resentment, and so forth, whatever it is, it's going to pop right back up. So why not take the time? And this is going to go into our discussion with relationships. And I want to get into this next with uh, manifesting and how Carrie's been able to do this with her man right now. But it's just if you're not going to face the facts that there's a repetitive pattern in your relationship currently and do something about it, the new person is not going to save you. You need to take a beat and work on and yourself. yourself. Exactly. Like, please, people, stop right. purging on the next yeah, one and just creating stop, this cycle stop of craziness. Just trying to rush and find the next like person or whatever it is. Like, you have to be able to be okay by yourself. Yes, you have to be able to be okay alone. And and I love what you said because I said this to a friend the other day. She said to me, "Is it me?" Or, you know, I feel like sometimes it's me. I'm like, it is you. Yeah, right. I said, it absolutely is you. I go, don't get me wrong. He's 100% a narcissist. Yes, you have to recognize that you keep engaging in this. So until you remove yourself from the situation, it's going to continue. So you have to take ownership. And that was what we were talking about, which is, you know, it's great to be self-aware, but if you don't do anything with it, the check engine light can stay on for forever. And eventually, eventually the car is going to break down, right? But if you go and get it fixed, do something about it, car's going to last a lot longer. I don't know. I just think that a lot of times we ignore the check engine light. Oh, all the time. And we just don't want to see it. Yeah. Well, that's most people. Right. right? They think it's going to just repair itself right. or the problems are going to go away. Yeah. Or we know that it's there. Like, oh, we know that it's there, but we're just, we're going to pretend like it's going to go away on its own. It doesn't. So, so. I'm going to segue this into segue, baby. manifesting love. And I want to talk about this because as Ooh. we know, we attract who we are not what we want. And I attracted fabulous. Oh, girl, you did. <laughs> You've been able to reflect back though on your past relationships and see similar traits that you manifested into your life. And I'm going to give a quick example of my own stuff. Okay. So everything in my life has become a great lesson. And so my first engagement though happened super quick. All the love bombing you can imagine, right? Had I known a little bit more about love bombing cycle, and what that bombing, is, yep. I would have been able to have that awareness yep. and not go down that road. And so my point is, when I reflected back on that relationship, I thought, well, how could I be mad at the person that I chose to say yes to during that time? Granted, what you just said right now, I'm not excusing the poor behavior that transpired, but my own doing that. Right. Where was I in that moment? 
where was I emotionally, spiritually, sure. all of that, right? Like, where was I? Where did I show up? And I, and all I could think of was, of course, that's what I would attract, right? Because if I didn't have enough self-worth, how in the world would I bring about my king? Because I'm not even a queen yet. So I knew instantly I had to go to work, right? Yeah. And while I got way better, you still always attract at your point Yep. Of where you're at. So can you reflect back on your own experiences and, and your two attempts? And yeah, for sure. I mean, the first one was so long ago. Um, it, you know, it, it, that there's, there's details and nuances that, you know, I feel like I probably have, you know, forgotten to some degree. However, I know that there was some, some very similar things that were still happening, which meant to me that here I was almost, you know, 15 to 16, 17 years later, and I'm still attracting the same thing, which again goes back to the teaching of myself of there's a wound inside me that I'm not healing. And so I'm finding this attention, this love bombing, this behavior of fast and exciting. And, and it's bringing about these euphoric feelings. And I was reading something the other day, it was something about, uh, it was a quote about, you know, basically that, you know, butterflies are great, but peace is really underrated. And it's, what we see in movies and we see in, on TV, it's this romantic, romanticized version of what love is, you know, and it's these highs and these lows and this excitement and Prince Charming and all this. And let me tell you something, I have reinvented what Prince Charming or my king is like, and it is nothing like what I thought. Mm -hmm. And it's so much better in the sense of, Again, I was, I was going for and I was attracted to the idea and the flash of something, the, um, immediate gratification of the feeling of feeling like loved and wanted and desired, which if you are attracted to that, I'm not saying that there's something wrong with it, but I'm saying that there's something you should take pause with. Because I think that when you are in such a desperate need to feel those things, you are not providing something for yourself. And until you can show up for yourself, you're going to put that expectation on the other person. So here's this other person who comes in, does all these things at the beginning. It's not sustainable, right? So eventually that's going to fall off. And now you're in this relationship with what? <laughs> exactly. Nothing yeah. real. Nothing. Nothing real. And I think that if I were to look back now and go, you know, were there similarities between the first and the second marriage? Absolutely. Um, were there similarities in me? Of course, right? There was still things that I needed to grow through and work on. I thought I was selecting differently. It was my first time really understanding what a narcissistic relationship was. Um, I really did not know. I just thought a narcissist was someone who was just very self-absorbed. 
totally not. It's it's actually very much it's a personality trait of someone, and there is a style of abuse that comes with that that you don't even see coming when you are a people pleaser and when you are a uh, and a maybe an anxious attachment style. Like I've done a lot of work on myself to figure out what are my you know what are my pros and cons, right? Like I mean, we're never no one's ever perfect, but it's that journey to try to figure those things out. And I knew after this second attempt (laughs) i love that attempt after the second attempt that something had to change now did it change immediately no did i still attract probably a few other toxic things or people (laughs) yes because i still really wasn't digging deep into me and when you finally take a really nice long moment to pause and look at and get sick of your own shit and recognize that you are the only person at the end of the day that's going to control your happiness. And when you realize that the only thing another person can really truly bring you is a betterment of yourself and a peace in life, a peacefulness, like a groundedness, um, you have to be the fulfilling factor for yourself. You can't rely on someone else to do that. You can rely on them to be there for you. You can rely on them for certain things. But the core depth of you getting up and facing the day has to come from within. And if you are in a relationship that starts off with so much love bombing and so much like fast attachment and I, I, what I feel for me, and again, I, I can't speak for everyone. It's just this is this has been my journey. These have been my problems that I have been having to face and and find my my own like perfect perfect scenario for me and that came down to what is what is it that's good for Carrie and what does Carrie really want and it's funny for a long time I thought that my like what I needed was someone to shower me with words and don't get me wrong I love words I I I love I loved I loved it thank you say it again (laughs) i love to hear like i love to hear i'm i'm a talker you know blah 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 (laughs) sorry i had to throw that in there sidebar um but you know i've recognized now that it is way more important to see how someone shows up in their actions than what they say because somebody can tell you all day long that you are beautiful that they love you that they would do anything for you um, that you're the best thing that ever happened to them but guess what if they don't treat you like that and they don't show up for you like that then that's not real so to me i've realized that what i need is real what i need is is peace what i want is consistency and i needed to do that for myself first mm-hmm. i needed to find peace with myself i needed to find consistency with myself and a feeling of being able to just be okay by myself and i always thought that i was but truly like i'm good yeah. like i'm happy i can relate to all of that i'm a super independent person yeah you are i don't need sometimes too independent i think you're right yeah you know why because i've been forced to be yeah I had to we, figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And so I do understand that. You're right, though. Almost to a detriment did I become independent to where I wasn't reaching out to friends. Right. My biggest thing is do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. The one th- say what you mean. Mean what you say. Do what you say. I don't care 
what people say anymore. Yeah. It's nice. If you say nice things, that's great. But back it up with action. Yeah. Because you can tell me all day long, this is what the plan is. This is what you want to do. This is how you feel. Yet until you take action, right. nothing means anything. You totally. Can tell me, you can remind me every two weeks this is happening. <laughs> you can tell me again in another two weeks this is happening. Right. Until it happens, it's not real. It's not real. Yeah. It's just lip service. What is your advice? Because you've been through two that you've navigated, two yeah. marriages and several relationships that I, I know of. Um, how most of us stay in things way too long. Correct. Expiration. Yeah. That's just normal. However, some people feel... They need to stay in something to learn their lesson or learn right. right. So what would you? Well, and and I'm going to touch on that for a second because I will say this: like I had made a commitment, and I feel like a commitment is an important thing, right? Like I don't want it to come across like, oh, I just you know got married and got divorced twice, and it didn't mean anything to me. A commitment means something to me, so I want to be clear about that. But I also understood that you can't be the only person in that commitment. <laughs> so I didn't like rush out, but I didn't stay in too long either. You know, it was, it, I would say from the time there was, there was infidelity in, um, in my marriage and I stayed for like about another 10 months, maybe eight, maybe nine months because I had made a commitment and I felt as if I needed to get, at least to a place where I could feel good that I've done everything I could on my end, right? Um, I wasn't the cheater, so I should have probably not been the one that ha was going to therapy by themselves, but I was. So that was a real lesson. But I think a couple things. Number one, I think that once respect is truly lost, it's, it is so difficult to try to recover from that. Um, I think respect is so paramount and key, especially in a relationship, not just a friendship. I think you need to respect people in general, right? We need to be respectful. We need to respect people. But in a relationship, when you are asking to depend on another person and for them to be there for you, you have to be able to respect that person. You have to be able to respect their feelings. You have to be able to respect their choices. You have to be able to respect how they go about things. I'm not saying you have to agree, but I'm saying that you need to have respect and that respect has to be mutual. And so I think that once respect is gone, that relationship has really reached a deterioration point and you you have to know that and you have to walk away. Um, the other one I think is if you don't feel safe, if you no longer feel safe or you've never felt safe to speak your truth to be authentic with your feelings. If you think you have to walk on eggshells, it's time to go. It's time to go. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you start to look at the, the again, the patterns that are going on, you, you have to know when to leave something that is no longer serving you or each other. When you no longer can be kind, then you're just being nice. You're not even in a relationship anymore. Mm -hmm. 
God, so good. And the longer you stay in it, the longer you carry that load into the next place, into the next situation, to the next relationship. It's that much harder for you to unbag all that stuff. So it's like it just keeps piling on. And I think that's been a really big, you know, another lesson of mine, which is, again, not just being mindful of my my garbage, my, my own stuff, what's mine and what's not the other person's, but also just also there's a there's a level of knowing when you finally are in a situation that is safe to be able to kind of also let your garbage out yeah. and go this is this is kind of my stuff without being judged yeah, yeah. without a fear that the person's going to run away when they see like my girlfriend used to always say throw the kitchen sink at them and i never quite understood that i, I was like it. throw the kitchen sink <laughs> so but i get it it's like you know, not everything is neat and clean. You know, dishes get dirty, glasses break, stuff happens. And, you know, you, you, if you cannot show up as your authentic self and be vulnerable and just be open and even share the things that scare you, I just don't think you'll ever really levitate your relationships in general, whether they're friends or, uh, you know, our personal relationship. And so I'm finally at a place where I'm like, I've challenged myself to do that. And it's, it's been working. I love that because I recently started doing that, by the way. So I did it with a few people. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to say what's on my heart and see what happens. Yeah. Just do the damn thing. Yep. Right? And you see immediately. There are no questions. There are no doubts. It's like, okay, I thought we could have a conversation on this subject. And they chose not to show up in the way that I thought they probably could show up because they have the capacity to, right? And they didn't. So it was just kind of my answer of like, okay that's all right. This is not supposed to be this, right? right? And so by really showing up as your true authentic self, like really embodying every part of your being, even the ugly stuff, even the ugly stuff, if someone doesn't want to have that conversation or go there with you, that's your answer. Yeah. It's like the ghosting of a relationship yep. when you're dating somebody. That's your answer. Yeah. So it really streamlines the process so quickly for you so you can move on. I really love the art of that because it's so decisive. And it so is. Quick. And you, and, and you can't do that if you're not being authentic. And I didn't, right. I don't think I, again, it took me so long to get to the point where I was so, I'm so it sounds like I'm come across my way where I'm so happy and in love with my own life and my own self that I didn't care anymore about the mask that I needed to put on for anybody. It's like either you're in or you're out. And I'm so blessed right now because it's the first time I've actually seen someone show up. And it, I think it's the first time I've truly been vulnerable. So I guess the lesson is be vulnerable because if you're not, you're just wasting your own time and everyone else's. Yes. And we're going to go right into that because I want you all to hear Carrie's story on how she manifested literally the man of her dreams. Oh, boy. Can I say what he does? Sure. Okay. So he's an incredible builder here in Arizona and in Chicago, where I'm from. So naturally, I, I already love the guy. Um, he is, though. He's very talented at what he does. He has great work ethic and he treats Carrie like a queen and for me as a friend who adores you and loves you thank you to see you treated with such respect and kindness because that's what you are giving out thank you and so it's so nice to finally witness 
a complimentary exchange. Yeah, I like and that. Yeah, that's what I love seeing. Is truly what being in alignment is. Yeah. So now you are energetically aligned, and I brought this up in my last episode regarding being a match for somebody. For those of you that didn't hear it, what I mentioned was, you can be with someone who checks all the boxes that. You know, oh, I like red, you like red, you like blue, I like blue, we like to go to the country together, we like to drive trucks, like whatever the thing is, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you can totally have that physical 3D alignment, but until you are aligned energetically at your core of who you are as a being, as a vibrating energy, if you are not in alignment, it's not going to gel. Yeah. You're always going to have that contrast that or that conflict, I should say, of trying to come together. Right. Because you don't have that spiritual, emotional, vibrational, energetic foundation. I like this because, you know, obviously you have you've you you've known me for, you know, a decade and a half. We've obviously like our friendship and the the depths of it have, um, you know, deepened over the years and you really have you've watched me go through, you know, the the second uh, what are we calling it again? Second attempt, the second attempt recovery. You've watched me go through, you know, just the dating in this area that we live in. And I just think the time that we live in number one. And so I'm I'm happy to see that like what I'm feeling is also what you're picking up, right? So that's equally as important because I think again part of being a good friend is saying whether or not the whether or not what I'm saying is what you're reading, right? Like I, told you, I had my my hesitations for the last one. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Just so you guys all know, I wasn't all like, "Oh no, he's nice." I, mean, <laughs> I was like, "Carrie, are you sure about this?" And it was done in such a kind manner. It wasn't done with just disrespect or Yeah, anything. yeah. I literally was like, okay, well, you know, as long as you're feeling good in the present moment right. and you understand the bigger picture of it all, right. then there's no harm, right? Sure. And I don't want to go into detail of that situation, but it, I feel that there are moments in our life that sometimes it's just fun to go to dinner with somebody. Yeah, it's of course. Yeah. And you're and just, okay. right. And you're not looking or you're not thinking beyond that. But, you know, I think that I took a mental shift for myself like around the time of my birthday and actually a little bit before that, I'm going to say, and I started, as you know, and I'll share this because I think this kind of goes in alignment with where you were starting to go. And that is, you know, we talk a lot about manifestation of things, right? Like putting out the energy, putting out the thought that you want, creating the life that you want, you know, attracting the things that you want. And I believe in all that. However, I believe that you literally have to walk that walk, meaning you can't just say, I want X, Y, and Z if you didn't do all the groundwork to get to X, Y, and Z, right? So oddly enough, when I say walk the walk, I started to take myself for a walk at night. And I started doing this because I used to walk Rango and, you know, we'd walk twice a day or even more. And for a while, I wasn't obviously leaving the house and doing walks because it was too, made me too sad, right? So, but I thought, I need to start getting, just getting myself out of the house after I've been working all day or whatever it might be, just taking some moments to myself. And I really have felt very happy and content with my life. But if there was one thing that I still wanted, and I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to find love. I think there's something wrong with the way that we've attracted it in the past or the way that I've attracted it in the past. So I knew that I still wanted to to be with someone, to find a, a partner that 
was going to match what I needed. And I had done a lot of thinking about in a very simple way, what is it that I want and need? And so I started taking myself on what I would call my manifestation walk. And it's like the few minutes that I don't take my phone with me and I just I just walk around the block. And that was really hard to do. It was hard to do from an emotional standpoint because I'm so used to was so used to doing that with Rango. So there was a lot of getting out of my own way to even walk out the door to do it. And I just came up with this very simple manifestation and I'll paraphrase it to some degree, but it it was for me, I wanted I wanted to find myself and put myself in a place. And so they always say to say it as if it's happening, right? So I would walk around the block and say something to the effect of, and I don't want to give my exact wording because it's just special to me, but um, I am in a happy, healthy, loving, safe relationship. I feel respected and I feel supported and I'm loved. It's kind of along those lines. And so, and I would literally repeat it out loud the whole way around the block my my neighbors probably think i'm nuts because i'm usually like in my pajamas or you know some weird knot hair thing on my head and i'm walking around saying this and i started doing this in march at some point in time and i do it probably five nights a week for the most part if i can um you know meaning if i don't have something going on but usually in the evening i take myself for this little manifestation walk and I just was putting it out there as if it was happening. And I would just visualize myself feeling safe, feeling happy, feeling loved, feeling feeling these things like humor and passion, just feeling the way I knew I wanted to feel in a relationship and also how I wanted to show up in a relationship because it's equally as important to not just want someone to be something or be a certain way towards you. It's equally as important for you to also do those things. All right, you guys, we are going to finish this conversation at our live podcast event on September 28th in Phoenix, Arizona. Carrie is going to be on the guest panel sharing how her new love magically appeared along with manifesting matchmaker Erica Suzanne and DP Gates, who was a top coach at Proctor Gallagher and worked alongside the late Bob Proctor. It's an event you don't want to miss. Whether you are looking to attract that special someone or revive and deepen the one you are currently in, this live event will give you the insight to become connected, aligned, and feel fully alive. Now, Back to the show as we wrap it up with a quick teaser from Carrie and a quick speed round of getting candid with Carrie. This should be interesting. Was here for me and knew that what I needed was just to be held and just to relax and not feel pressure. And I never felt that from him. I never felt a pressure to be anything other than what I needed in that moment. And at the very beginning of the relationship, there was a lot of trust issues for me in terms of like, is this person going to show up the way that he says he is? And at every step of the way, he met me with absolutely doing what he said he was going to do and absolutely showing up for me in ways that I just didn't think that somebody could or would. That is how a man shows up. Say this, like 
this is still like I know this is still a new relationship. You know, we're 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 a few months in. And so I don't want to over pressurize any kind of situation when it comes to myself or him, right? Because I think that's important. I think that a lot of times we put like a lot of energy and emphasis on happiness coming from someone else. And I and I want to go back to the fact that, you know, I have to wake up every day and be happy on my own. He has to wake up every day and be happy on his own. But I think when you can come together with someone and be able to be safe enough to be seen, be able to be safe enough to show who you are and what you need and be aware enough to ask your partner, what do you need right now? Like that is such a beautiful place to be at. And wherever it goes, all I know is I'm really grateful that I am being shown what it looks like to have a person really truly show up for me and show me respect, show me love, show me appreciation, and that I can respect and value in return. Right there. And and it's confirmation that you're on the right path. Exactly. Like you're in alignment. Yeah with who you are authentically, because for the first time in your life, you're now attracting that. Right. So we're going to get candid with Carrie and we're going to wrap this up. I'm ready. This is a speed roll action. Okay. Speed roll. What has been your most embarrassing moment in business? Oh, I had to go in and teach somebody how to fluff pillows. The number of times I had to use the word fluff was ridiculously embarrassing. I can't even tell you. I showed him how to pound those pillows, fluff those things. Name three things you can't leave home without. Oh, God. My lipstick, my phone, my sanity. <laughs> That's not true. Ha- <laughs> I leave home without that all the time. Do you have any secret talents? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, drop the mic. I mean, I could turn anything into a song, basically. Oh, on that note, peace out. <laughs> I love you, girl. I, I love, love you, you, so too. Love you. you, too. Thank Are you, you. in for Soul Sister Sunday in Flagstaff? Yeah, right, I'll make man. it happen.